Last week, we heard Jesus teach. We heard his words again right in the middle of our community. Jesus talked about going out on mission and being betrayed. Going out on mission and being rejected and persecuted. I don't know if any of you saw it yesterday. I actually didn't. I've only heard reports about a man who went to Times Square and told, trying to convince people that the end was here, that Jesus was returning. And as people watched it on the news, they told me that it was portrayed in a very bad light. That Christians or Christianity were laughed at. That Christ was made fun of. People mocked him. Now granted, I think this man was misled. He thought he could read in Scripture and tell the date. Scripture specifically says you will not know the time. But you will know. There will be things that will happen. It won't be, it won't be completely out of the blue. But he thought he could pin it down to a day. So don't be surprised this week if people who know that you're a Christian, people know that you follow Christ, if they ask you with that look in their face, that condescending, smarter-than-thou look in their face, what you think of this. As we go out in mission, as we tell people about Jesus, there will be rejection. There will be persecution. People will mock us. That's part of our faith. But Jesus says, therefore, therefore, for this reason, God is with you. Don't be afraid. God loves you, and he is with you, even in the middle of this. Amen. Amen. He's with you, even in the middle of this. Therefore, when you go, confess him. Confess him in front of people. Stand up for Jesus in front of people and he will stand up, before, he stand up for you in front of God the Father. But if we deny him, if we, if, we diso- if we disown him in front of men, he will disown us in front of people. Now at first, this is terrifying. I mean, think about this for a moment. We come before Christ. On that day, we stand before him and he says, I didn't know you. You disown me and I don't know who you are. Now, as we hear about this, we think, man, that seems hard. Jesus, you are merciful. You are gracious. How does this fit with grace and mercy? Well, I think it gets back to belief, too, believing into him. Because I don't believe, in fact, I'm sure of it, that if we believe in in Jesus, and if we truly believe in who he is, we will never condemn him. We will never disown him, even if it costs us our life. How could we? If it's true, If it's true, we will stand up for him, even when it costs us our life. But this is hard to fit with God's grace and justice. God's ways are beyond our ways. God has mercy on whom he has mercy. So in some sense, we may never understand how these two passages, how these two verses fit together. But I can tell you this, the only thing that's more exciting, the only thing that's more surprising than God's God's disowning us is God's abundant mercy. He said, whoever confesses me, whoever stands up for me in front of people, I will stand up for them in front of God. Let that sink in for a moment. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, standing up for us in front of God. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, standing up for us in front of God the Father. Standing up for us, saying, you are mine. These people are with me in front of God. Imagine that for a moment. This is amazing news. Jesus standing up for us, saying, these people are mine, when we stand up for him. You see, we stand up for him in front of people. 
Some of us, maybe a few of you, have had to stand up for him in front of a court when it was going to cost you your life or cost you something dear. But most of us have had to stand up for Jesus in more subtle ways. We live in a culture, we live in a country where people might make fun of us for who we are, but our lives aren't really a threat, at least not yet. And so we stand up for him by the ways that we talk, by the, ways, by the words we use with our friends when we encourage them and pray for them. We stand up for Christ in the place where we work when we ask our friend how they're doing. When we ask him, how are you? Can I pray for you? We stand up for Christ when we're talking with someone and they start going on and on about religion and all the things wrong with it. And we say, you know, there are, there, you're right, there are things that, can't, that are wrong. But in Christ, in Christ we have hope and new life and we stand up for him, even when it costs us something. Many of us stand up for Jesus with our words. But we also stand up for him with our lives, with the way that we live We stand up for him when we go and help our neighbor, our elderly neighbor, mow their lawn because they can barely walk anymore. We stand up for Christ. We stand up for him when we decide to go with less, maybe to take a lesser paying job or to to have a smaller place or fewer things that we have more to help people with. We do these things, we stand up for Christ. And the amazing thing is when we do these things, he will stand up for us in front of God the Father. Christ says, if we will stand up for him, he will stand up for us. This is amazing news. This is amazing news of who Jesus is and what he's going to do for us. And when we stand up for him, people will receive us. People will receive who we are. And when they receive us, they receive Christ. They receive the one who has sent him, God our Father in heaven. Can you believe this? We go out into this world as emissaries. We go out into this world and we represent the living God. When we speak about Christ and we tell tell people of this amazing thing that he has done, the ways that he continues to work in our lives and give us new life, when we go out and do this, we represent God, the living God, the one who created all things, the one who keeps everything in order. We represent this God. And we go out as heralds, proclaiming this good news of what Jesus, of what he has done and who he is, that he has lived and died and rose again, that we might have life, life in its fullest sense. Not just existing, getting by day to day, but I mean life, life filled with great joy and great sorrow, but life altogether, life filled, life in its fullest extent. Not trying to just get by, Not just trying to to pass the time, but life. This is who they receive. And when people receive us, when people welcome us in, in some way, in some subtle way, they are welcoming Christ into. They begin to hear, and God begins to work in their lives. Things begin to change, slowly at first. When people welcome us in, they welcome in God. Jesus said, when, people, when you go out and people receive you as a prophet, as a person who speaks truthfully about God, they will receive a prophet's reward. They will receive God's good pleasure. God will smile. God will be excited about them. 
When they receive us as a righteous person, they will receive a righteous person's reward. This is a big deal. God is talking about how much He loves people, how desperately He wants people in this family. Even if something is receiving us as missionaries, people are blessed by that. And then he says, if you go out in the name of a disciple, if people know who you are, that you are a follower of Jesus, and they welcome you, even the least of you, even those of you who who have trouble even putting a few gospel words together, if they welcome you and give you something as simple, the bare necessities, the bare minimum of a cold glass of water, they will not lose their reward. God will bless them. Now, I'm not saying that God, that people can change a glass of water for salvation. That's not what he's saying here. But there is blessing. If people will receive us, there's blessing there. There's things happening. So the next time that we are sitting on our neighbor's deck and they invite us to have another drink or to stay for dinner, be ready. Something is happening here. Something powerful beyond our understanding is happening here. God is at work. God is at work in this. So be ready. Be gracious. Stay. Enjoy their hospitality and encourage them in faith. Bless them because they have received you. People will receive us when we stand up for Christ. And when they do, it's as if the door is cracked open in their lives. Cracked open for the gospel. Cracked open for a relationship with Jesus. Take time and be ready. But ultimately, mission, it's about our devotion. Ultimately, mission is about our devotion to Christ, to Him above everything else, even above our families, even above our own life. For if we won't do these things, if we're going to hold these other things above Him, then we won't fit with Him. We just won't fit. Jesus said, I have not come to bring peace. Don't think that I've come to bring peace. I have not come to bring peace but the sword. I have come to set or to alienate father or son from his father, daughter from her mother, bride from her mother-in-law, to make the people of your house your enemies. How do we make sense of this? First of all, as you read through Scripture, family is important. Family is one of the most important things in Scripture. As you read through the New Testament and Old, there are constant teachings about loving your wife or loving your husband, about caring for your children and raising them up, about honoring your parents. But in this time when Jesus spoke these words, families were split because people were were Jewish and to follow Jesus, they didn't understand how that fit with being Jewish. Literally, families were torn apart. And Jesus says, sometimes this will happen. For some of you, this will happen. But I want to encourage you, if we will follow Christ, if we will put him above everything, there's a chance that our families will be made better than ever. Judy, you prayed today about your friends. About your friends who've been married after five years of being divorced. I believe God does this. If we will put him above everything, he will reconcile marriages. If we will put him above everything, he will reconcile children to parents. He will reconcile us if we will put him above everything. I know this is hard. We live in a society where family is the most important. 
But I know some of you, like me, some of you, when the moment you began to believe in Jesus, things changed with your family. And the more you follow him, the further you get from your family. Not as though, maybe not as though someone has made a conscious choice or, or had a blow up about it, but there's just, as you continue to follow Christ and your family goes in their own direction, things get harder and harder to connect. This still happens today. I know some of you who are in this place. The more you follow Christ, the further you get from your family. Continue. Follow Him. It will be difficult, but it is worth it. Christ came and He said, He said, this, He's come to save this world. He's come to redeem us. Even sometimes at the cost of some of our most dear relationships. I know it's hard to hear. I struggle with this myself. I love my family. But there are still differences that continue to grow the more that I follow Christ. Be encouraged. We are part of something bigger here. In Christ, we are part of something bigger and it will sometimes require sacrifice. Jesus said, if you will not take up your cross and follow after me, you won't fit with me. In the version we read this morning, he said, you're not worthy of me. Hard words. If we won't take up our cross, if we won't take up our cross and follow Christ, we won't fit with Him. Sometimes taking up our cross means enduring hard things in life. Enduring a marriage that doesn't work anymore. Continuing to hang in there. Faithfully. Praying, asking God for help and remaining. Sometimes it means bearing our cross means enduring difficult things. When our family gets sick and we have to take care of them. Or when our child continues to make the wrong choice again and again and yet we still care for them, still try to help them. Bearing our cross can be being in a situation and when things start to go bad and just staying there. It can be as simple as that. But bearing our cross can also have this active sense too where we make choices to take up our cross where we sacrifice things. Sacrifice maybe our job. Leave a well-paying job to follow Christ's call. Leave the country that we grew up in to move to a different place to be, to be a minister or to, to call people or to, to minister to people, to work in their lives. He calls us to take up our cross and put Him above everything. Above everything. Now, I know this is hard to hear on a Sunday morning. We love to hear the good part of the gospel, the amazing part of Christ's redemption and new life and, and, and salvation and grace. But this, too, is the good part of the gospel. This, too, is the good part that the best things in life, the best things in this world, they require some sacrifice. Following Christ, being a part of this grand salvation, this grand scheme to redeem this world, will mean hard choices for most of us. Following Him when it's not easy. Following Him when it causes separation between us and our family, even us and our own lives. He calls us to follow Him. It's that important. It's that big. And He calls all of us into it. But take heart. Take heart, because in failure, Christ triumphs. In failure, 
God succeeds. On the cross, death turns into new life in the resurrection. Death becomes new life for all of us. The death of Jesus becomes our new life. Persecution of the church grows it like wildfire. In failure, Christ triumphs. Take heart. Ultimately, this mission that we are on, this life that we are called to, it revolves around Jesus. Ultimately, it's about devoting our heart to Him above everything else. Because ultimately, mission is about Jesus. It's about Him. Everything centers around Him. He is the center of it. He is the source of mission. The one who sends us out and the one who empowers us to go out. The one who gives us this amazing news that we can even proclaim it to people. And He calls for commitment in our lives. Commitment to Him above everything else. Trusting Him that He will put everything else in its right place below that. Christ sends us out in mission because it's who He is. The closer we get to Jesus, the more we will love people. The more we will want to see them have this new life. This amazing life. Salvation. The washing away of all their sin. The more we'll want people to see this. The closer we get to Him, the more we'll find ourselves out in mission. Telling people this good news. But I want to encourage you. You are a sent people. Mission is part of who we are. And mission is not just some specialized ministry for for certain people halfway around the world. Every one of us are missionaries because we believe in Jesus. Missionaries here in our day-to-day work, caring for our friends, talking with our neighbors. We are all missionaries. And missionary, or mission work is not just the ability to put together grand speeches and, and long, elaborate explanations of who Jesus is. It happens over coffee, conversations with a friend over tea, having a meal together and encouraging each other, praying for your friends, praying for your neighbors. We are missionaries here in the place where we live, missionaries here in this community, in our homes, the places where we work, the place where you go to school. We are missionaries. You are a sent people. Because you believe into Christ, you are a sent people. Every one of you are missionaries. Amen.